Bible podcast. We hope you'll enjoy this message by Pastor Joey Bonifacio. Over the course of the last four weeks, we've been dealing with this subject of miracles. Miracles are defined as an extraordinary and welcome set of events that are not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore attributed to some form of divine agency. In our case, our faith in our God, the Lord Jesus Christ. We've saved the, la- the best for last, and today we're talking about one of the most popular miracles of Jesus, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. If the prodigal son is the most famous parable of Jesus, the raising of Lazarus is probably the most popular miracle of Jesus. It's captured in glass-stained windows, in arts, in, and, and the short version of it is someone died, and after four days, he was raised completely from the dead and was made alive again. The title of this message is Cynics, or people who don't believe in miracles because they're defeatists, pessimists, and as such, they've got missed miracles. The story is found in John chapter 11, verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Three characters are introduced to us at the get-go, right at the front end in verse 1, and it says Lazarus was sick. And more importantly, that he not just is just sick. We need to understand that sickness is just a natural thing that happens. People naturally get sick. It's the effect of the sin nature in us, and it's natural for people to get sick and die, which is what happened to Lazarus. First he was sick, and then he died. And talk now that the words, the word natural, nature, and natural, because it is only the reality that there is this inescapable set of laws set into play by God in our natural bodies that will cause us to die. Therefore, we live a life that is afraid of these natural laws. We're afraid of sickness and death. We are sometimes obsessed by sickness and death, and some just don't care or are angry about the whole idea that they have to be sick and they have to die. The point of the saying is it's neither that we should worry or be obsessed or to be angry about it, but to live to the fullest of what God has for us. God's intent is neither any of these, but for us to live the fullest, well-knowing and knowing fully well that we will and one day get sick and one day die. The point of this, however, is in verse 4. It says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. In short, there was another purpose for this thing, this natural occurrence, and it is for God to be glorified. It is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. The first point I want to make is that miracles are the display of the glory of God. The miracles display the glory of God. That's the first point we want to make. Think of yourselves as a billboard. A billboard is not the product. It is a place to display the product because it's not about you. It's about God. Miracles display the reality of the power of God over nature. The power of our natural lives is evident. There are natural powers that govern our bodies. We are powered by natural laws set into place by no less than God himself. God himself. Natural laws give us the power to live. If you look at the inside of our bodies, these natural laws were placed there. Only and only he can short-circuit that and cause natural, supernatural power to fix some of the things that are broken inside of us. That supernatural power is given access to us through Jesus. When we put our faith in Him, we enter the realm of the supernatural because we are supernaturally saved by the blood of Jesus and now we have access to the supernatural laws 
of God. This reality is it's not just our physical bodies that will get sick. Our relationships can get sick and well die. In many cases, all our natural power, psychology, and understanding won't work and can bring it back to life. The fact of the matter is even our financial lives can die. The markets are saying that this is going to be a long winter and it isn't going to be pretty. And we're going to need a miracle to see these things resurrect. Not only is it the spiritual or the financial or the physical or the financial, but even our spiritual lives can get frozen and gradually be dying. The point is our billboard, our lives are a display of his power. And that's why God wants miracles to display the glory of God, to display his power over nature. Now, the story continues in verse 3 where it says, The sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. I'd like you to understand something here. Every time you see the glory of God, it's not just a display of his power, it's a display of his love. When God displays miracles or miracles are displayed in our lives to glorify God, he's not just displaying his power over nature, he's displaying his love for us. It is supernatural to watch a glorious sunrise or for that matter, a sunset. In this case, we can't tell which is which, but the point is when you see one, it is God's display of his glory, and he's showing you this because he loves you. Whether that's a sunrise or a sunset or a starry night that, you, that causes you to feel overwhelmed and good-natured or a, or a beautiful skyline, we know that God is displaying his love. John 11 verse 5 continues, Now Jesus loved Martha and, his sister, and her sister and Lazarus, speaking again of God's display of compassion and love, which is one of the basis, as we've looked at in the last four weeks, for miracles. Verse 6 says, So when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where, he stayed where he was two more days. That's a little weird. If he loved Lazarus and he knew he was sick, or in this case dying, he would have rushed. But notice where it says he stayed where he was two more days. I thought Jesus loves us. I thought Jesus wants to display supernatural power. It's true, but there's a third aspect that miracles are displayed in us, our trust in him. Jesus delayed himself for two days to see how much the people he loved trusted him, that he had already decided that this was not going to end in death and that he was going to cause a miracle. The point is, will we trust him and display that in our behavior of our lives? Miracles display the glory of God to display his power over nature, to display his love for us, and to display our trust in him. Further, in John 11, verses 7 to 8, it says, Then he said, his disciples said, said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, A short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and you are going back? Now, now we find the things that block the miracles of God. Jesus had already decided that this sickness would not end in death and he wanted to go back out of his love for these people and to heal Lazarus and raise him from the dead. But the people were saying, his very own disciples said, a short time while ago, you know, you're going there, you're going back there. And here we find the three ways to block God's miracles. The first being, be a pessimist. This is a person who has a tendency to see the worst aspect of things or believe that the worst is about to happen. And this was literally what the disciples were saying. You know what? You want to solve this. You want to perform this miracle. You love these people. You want to display your power. You want to show that he's not going to die, even though he's sick. 
Yeah, this sickness will not lead to death, but here, you can't go back there. They'll stone you. You're the one who's going to get dead. No, 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 Jesus. No, they are not. This is too dangerous. That's too dangerous. This idea won't work. How often do we say that of God? That God is not a good idea. It's not the right time. It's not the right place. It's not the right circumstances. And as such, we block the miracles that God has for us. John 11 verse 9 continues. Jesus answered, there are, not 12, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. He says basically this, there is a limited amount of time, and you cannot stretch it or minimize it. And if you're walking in the light of God while he is in the world, then you need to do it regardless of the risk that may happen. After saying that, he said to them, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I'm going there to basically wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he's asleep, if he sleeps, he will get better. <laughs> they were reasoning out of a natural logic and Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. There you see this idea of the natural being superseded in a while by the supernatural. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, in other words, for you to believe, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, watch this, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. <laughs> In short, what he was saying is, no, 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 he won't live. In fact, we will all die. <laughs> this is the words or the word, these are the words of a pessimist. Pessimist is somebody who sees all the negative in a situation and thus is now delaying, if not altogether blocking, the miracle that Jesus was about to perform. John 11 verse 17 says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Lord Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, there are three ways to block God's miracles. The first one is be a pessimist. The second one is be a defeatist. A defeatist is a person who expects or is ready to, ready, already all totally ready to accept failure or defeat. And many times the reason why we delay or block the miracles of God is because we're a pessimist and we see the negative all the time or one who is a defeatist, a person who expects and is ready to accept failure or defeat. And so we need to understand that these are the things that block the miracles of God in our lives. Back in John chapter 11, verse 32, when Mary, the sister of Martha, reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, he fell at his feet and said the exact same thing. If you had been here, if it, this is the defeatist voice. It can sound like, where were you when I needed you, God? Why wasn't your timing my timing? And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now, while Jesus said that to Mary, it was Martha who answered and said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last days. In other words, I don't, have, I don't expect him to rise up today. I expect him to see him in heaven. A defeatist voice. The voice of the pessimist and the voice of the defeatist. And finally, the three ways that block God's miracle is not just pessimism or defeatism, but to be a skeptic and a cynic. John chapter 11, verse 46 says, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And this is what a skeptic is. 
A skeptic is a person inclined to question or doubt even when they see the proof. These people have already seen what Jesus did and yet they were skeptics and refused to believe and went to the people that would be able to become the cynics that will agree with them. John eleven forty seven. so the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do? <laughs> In other words, you saw a miracle, you should be celebrating and said, for this man performs many signs and this is the twin brother, one step further of a skeptic is a cynic. A person who believes that people are motivated purely by self-interest, there's nothing that Jesus does. He doesn't love God. He doesn't love people. He doesn't love Lazarus. He just wants to show off rather than acting for honorable or unselfish reasons. This is a cynic. Everything, he's cynical. Everything he sees is questionable and everything he sees is magnified, skepticism magnified to the max. John eleven forty eight 48 says this, Jesus in, in, the, in, in verse 48 says, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe him. These are the Pharisees now plotting against Jesus and the Romans will take away both our place and our nation. This is what happens when you're a cynic. You have pessimism, defeatism, and you have cynicism and skepticism all rolled into one. Three ways to block God's miracles in our lives, be a pessimist, be a defeatist, and finally be a skeptic and a cynic. Further in verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to the Lord, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. He has been dead for four days. Now get this, you need to understand, the Jews do not embalm their dead. They wrap them in cloths and bury them. And that's why they put the stone to lock him up. This is a combination, these words of Martha is a combination of pessimist and defeatist. Lord, by this time it's over. There is no fixing the situation. The odor is going to be so bad, he's been dead for days. What did Jesus say? Take away the stone. Which brings me to my final point. Three ways to unblock God's miracles. Number one, take away the limiting belief. In other words, there are some beliefs that limit us. There's some belief that say, you know what, this is done. It cannot be helped. That situation is such and such. The doctor said this. The, the, the person said this, that I've got fired, there is no hope. That is taking away the limiting belief because there is a way where God can be unlimited if we replace that with something else. John chapter 11, verse 39 says, Jesus said, take away the stone mark. And then she said what she said. Now in verse 40, it says, Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Jesus basically said, Replace that unbelief, that limiting belief, with the place of the limitless truth of God. And what is the limitless truth of God? Mark chapter 9 verse 23 tells us, everything is possible to him who believes. Back again in John 11 verse 44, the dead man came out and his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen because they wrapped them. This was the practice. And the cloth around his face because obviously his body is now decaying. In fear of that, the Jews did not want to touch him, but Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is the other way to unblock the miracles of God in your life. Remove the limiting beliefs that you have, put into place the limitless truth of God, and take away the old dead practices. Sometimes we've grown up with practices, traditions, and superstitions that we've learned to live with and believe and trust it. 
And the way forward, and by the way, there are Christian traditions just like that. Holy water, things that maybe they find them cute, but maybe sometimes we put our trust in these things. And God wants us to take away these things so that He can show us His miracle power in our lives. I want to show you a short video of a man that I had the privilege of praying for. He was a missionary to the Philippines many, many years ago, about 20 years ago. He got uh, bitten by a bug in malaria, a malaria bug in Myanmar, and was misdiagnosed in Thailand. And we finally came to the Philippines. He was all yellow. He was throwing up blood, urinating blood. He had lost 25 pounds. And he was a member of the church I was pastoring. He was basically dying. I want you to listen to the words of this miracle that God allowed me to participate as I started to believe and let get go of the dead practices and started to remove the limited beliefs that I have learned to grow up with. I came to the hospital and here's the video. Really going around. Please welcome to the 700 Club, Pastor Joey Bonifacio, the man who prayed me out of a Manila hospital. What, before we get into what you're doing now, tell me, what, what did God tell you? I mean, you heard that I was having problems and I, I don't think even the diagnosis had come out by the time you heard it, but what did God tell you? Well, uh, if I recall correctly, I was on a trip at the time and I just returned to Manila and I was having my devotional that morning and the Lord had spoken to me through a friend who said that you were actually in a hospital and actually in serious condition. And as I was praying, the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to go there because you're his pastor. And I wanted to show this man that the power of the living God flows out of his local church. Because I was actually running through my head. I was saying, this is Pat Robertson's son. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just a, a, a Manila pastor. Mm. But I heard clearly that the Lord had spoken to me and said, go over there and anoint him with oil and I will heal him. Mm. So I, if you recall, I, I came to the hospital and laid hands on you right. and uh, actually forgot to... You forgot the oil. I forgot the oil. <laughs> the next morning while I was having a devotional as well, the Lord spoke to me again and said, you need to go back there and bring the oil. The funny thing is I forgot the oil again. <laughs> and I, I, if you recall, as I was laying my hands on you, you, you turned around and said, uh, you need to anoint me with oil. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking Catherine to look for some oil. Because, we, we got some ointment. Uh, yeah, we finally ended up with, <laughs> if I recall right, petroleum jelly. Yeah, we had some ointment. And uh, anointed you with that. And uh, somehow when I left that hospital, I, I knew in my heart that God had done something that had nothing to do with me. He did. Um, there was something about what you said that God had told you to come and pray and anoint me. Uh, there was something just deep in my spirit because I had given up. The night before you came, I had actually prayed, Lord, if, if you want to take me, it's okay. Um, it was actually a little more direct. Lord, if you want to kill me, <laughs> it's okay. And, and um, you know, I'd gotten through, I, I was coming off a mission trip to the border of Burma and, and had gotten cerebral malaria and the, the, the doctors missed the diagnosis the first three days that I was in the hospital. And, um, I mean, I was, it was bad. I was vomiting blood and urinating blood, and it was, it was horrible. And I'd come to the point of, Lord, it's okay. Uh, just take care of my wife and my kids. And then you said God woke you up, and I said, okay. That was when I was praying, Lord, because yep. I was not able to sleep 
for two days. And two days after you, the second prayer, I checked out of that hospital. And the doctor was absolutely amazed. And he told me a week later, you should have died. There, there was, you, you were gone, and you should have died. What really uh, amazed me was when I called the hospital, and I was told that you'd actually checked out. And I said, did he die? <laughs> and I actually called your home. Well, some of the elders you brought with you didn't really have good bedside manner because I, I vividly remember them shaking their heads. They looked at me as they laid on hands and they shook their heads because I was yellow. My yeah. eyeballs were yellow. Right. Uh, I lost 25 pounds. It was, it was nip and tuck. Well, tell me, tell me what you're doing now. I mean, you're Let me summarize this short message for you. Miracles display the glory of God. We're like a billboard to display His power over nature, his display his love for us, and to display our trust in Him. Secondly, there are three ways to block God's miracles. When we are pessimistic and always think that the worst is yet to come, when we're defeatist and think it's too late and things cannot be remedied by God, or thirdly, when we're a skeptic and a cynic and learn not to believe in the though we believe and seen miracles in the past. And finally, there are three ways to unblock God's miracles. Remove the limiting beliefs that you have, put in place the limitless truths of God, and finally, take off dead practices that you've learned to live with. Join me in a short proclamation of Jesus. Pick up a piece of bread and a cup as we pray this prayer. God, thank you for your miracle power in our lives. Let 2023 yet be the best year where we will encounter you through supernatural means, supernatural power moving in our natural lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Every Nation Singapore podcast. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. For more information, visit everynation.org.sg.